All right, everybody. Well, we're joined today by NHL.com's Mike Morelli. Mike, thanks for joining us today. Great to be here, Marco. Always a pleasure. Thanks, man. Well, I mean, the last time we spoke, we were previewing the 2022 NHL draft. And I remember one of the one of the comments that stuck out was, you know, Lane Hudson, a couple of inches taller. You know, that that's a top 10 pick. And uh, we're hearing him more and more. I actually had Craig Button on uh, about a month ago who said, you know, top five talent for me, top five talent. And you know, now we're starting to see a little bit of that recognition. The athletic Scott Wheeler has him 17th in terms of uh, affiliated prospects outside of the NHL. Uh, are you surprised at all from what we're seeing right now with Boston University? Well, I mean, he, he you know, he, he just got he got to got to be you was able to showcase what he was able to do in training camp, uh, what we've seen all along at the NTDP and this season uh, for the coaching staff over there, he's been nothing but lights out for BU uh, in a top pairing role, top three role uh, on defense for them. And despite that size, what he's able to bring offensively is just dynamic. And the, and the thing about Lane Hudson too, Marco, is the fact that, yeah, I mean, everyone talks about the size um, and, and will he, you know, will it, will it affect him once he reaches the NHL level? Now um, two things here. First, uh, yes, he's a little bit smaller as far as stature goes, but he just has that IQ and the smarts about him of where to go on the ice at all times. And he's not he's not a soft player either. I, I witnessed a lot of this at the World Juniors too, Marco, where he would go into corners. He would go behind the net. He makes the he makes the neat play of, uh, you know, poking the puck ahead of, uh, you know, opposing four checkers coming in to kind of sneak his way out of the zone to, to create a transition. And, and the second part of that is too, is like when you have a, a player that can skate as well uh, as Elaine Hudson, it's very difficult to catch up with him. And I'm talking not just North South, I'm talking East West. I mean, this kid laterally along the blue line is exceptional. Um, you know, he played, uh, they had him going uh, on that second power play unit at will juniors too, for the United States. Now, uh, Lane didn't probably, you know, put home as many points as maybe some people wanted to see for the U.S. Uh, in the tournament. Uh, but he was a phenomenal player nonetheless and what he was able to do and create offensively uh, for the United States. And defensively, he certainly wasn't a deficiency. So I see a lot of great things. And, and everyone is right on the mark uh, who you've spoken to in the past, Marco, about this player and what he, he might be able to provide at the NHL level, particularly for the, for the Canadians in the near future. Yeah, I mean, that second round was something else in 2022 for Montreal. Getting Owen Beck and, and, and Lane Hudson 33 and 62nd is definitely something. But I, I, I do want to just maybe kind of bring up the, the World Junior Championships because I, I did like that that point. Like, he was used, in I believe, in rotation. Sean Barron's also got second power play time as well. Um, but one thing I did like is when crunch time hit, they immediately bumped him up to playing with Luke Hughes on that top pair. Um, and that's saying something because if I'm not mistaken, he and Ryan Chesley were the youngest defensemen on that roster. Yeah. So I, I, again, like, you know, I, I understand not trying to get into the hype, but like, what does that say about a player like that to come in as an 18 year old and kind of be so clutch that you're going to juxtapose him next to the, you know, Luke Hughes is, is a great prospect, but he's an offensive dynamo from the back end. Let, let's call a spade a spade. Right. That's right. That's so, right. You know, putting putting a guy like Lane Hudson, who many saw just, you know, a prototypical offensive defenseman in his own right, you see a lot of that shoring of his defensive game. And I, that, that's kind of where I wanted to, to bring it is that 
you talk about his IQ, like the gap control, the stick positioning, mm-hmm. boxing players out. It, that's something I feel like he's really kind of developed in the NCAA this year that maybe wasn't as good last year, but has really kind of hit, you know, peak point this year. Those are the, those are the areas, the things that you need to develop in a defenseman. And, and there's, there's no question about it. You know, Montreal's, uh, you know, player personnel department is probably keeping tabs with BU coaches, finding out what they're trying to do, how they're trying to um, familiarize Lane Hudson with the, with the style of play where they want to see him get to. Look, let's face it. Lane Hudson's going to be at BU for at least another year, two years uh, before he reaches the NHL. I think that's the right way to go about Lane Hudson and and have him develop, have him getting to the gym uh, to, to bulk up. But you're right there, Marco. It's you know he was he was paired with with uh, with Luke on several occasions, and it just goes to show you the confidence that the coaching staff had in him in his defensive ability. He wasn't a liability out there. He was able to go out there. He's able to make plays uh, in his own end against some, you know, really tough competition. This was, this was a great world juniors and not necessarily, oh, yeah. not necessarily Marco for the players that have already been drafted, like Elaine Hudson, like a Luke Hughes, but those players that, um, you know, are eligible for the draft, the upcoming draft as well. I mean, it, it was a real special tournament and, and Lane was able to get it done. You know, like you said, uh, uh, you know, Luke likes to make that run and gun push. He's also working on his game at the University of Michigan defensively, and he's really improved in those areas too, yep. looking at several other options and what he needs to do when he reaches the blue line. It's not just hit the blue line, enter the zone, and, and, and immediately think goal or creating a goal. He hits the blue line now, thinks of other options, whether it be a drop pass, whether it be a dump into the corner, because those kind of plays can be just as effective. Those are the plays that Lane Hudson is already making. Um, so, you know, with despite the size, despite what everyone says might be a liability of him entering the NHL, I see nothing but sky's the limit for Lane Hudson, particularly if he's able to stick with BU, learn the ropes, develop his game, uh, build up that muscle that we all want to see him do. Um, I think he's going to be a real special player, Marco, no doubt about it. Yeah, I think patience is the key here. And I think that's the, like every everybody sees kind of the point totals and they're like, OK, well, look, it's an historic you know, point per game ratio. What does he have left to do in the, in the NCAA a lot? Um, and I think that that's the key, right? Is like, it's promising, but if Kale McCarr spends two seasons in the NCAA, then he at least has to spend, in my opinion, two seasons in the NCAA, because look right on how look, you know, look how good it's been for him. Look how good it's been for Luke Hughes as well. Like this is second season as well. And it's, it's definitely shown in his game, how he's been able to pick it up little by little. Um, you know, most of the most successful, even Adam Fox, Adam Fox spent what, three years in the NCAA. Yeah. 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 So at Harvard as well. And so I, you know, proning patience in that case, especially with players that are on the lighter side like that. uh, You know, I'm all, I'm always for it. There's no rush. Montreal is not dying for a left shot defenseman at this very moment, maybe an offensive defenseman like, like Hudson right now, but you know, that, that time will come. But I, 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 I like the idea of him adding some weight to his frame because Although he is confirmed to have gotten to 510, yeah. <laughs> according to Boston University, um, that they had me chuckling as well when I asked them. But they're like, "No, no, we 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 measured." I'm like, "I I don't believe you," but uh, no, they said they said he was 510, <laughs> and uh, they, I was like, "How much does he weigh?" And he's like, "Same." Like, Same. Okay, all right. So he needs to. <laughs> that's what needs to move up a little bit. So I, basically, when in in the conversations that we've had, uh, it's been mostly about uh, Lane Hudson increasing that total. So um, you know. 
as we kind of move into the future with the Montreal Canadiens, obviously the 2022 draft looks to be a pretty successful one. Now we're getting into the 2023 draft. Montreal is in the bottom 10 yet again this year. Uh, and there's a couple of guys, um, you know, uh, that we could definitely look at. Uh, I almost started singing the, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme because the first guy <laughs> I was going to bring up was Will Smith, uh, a guy I had the pleasure of speaking to a, a few weeks ago, but a guy that's been around the program, uh, went to the U18s last year, got some really good experience, and now this year is simply just taking over at center. He is a uh, dynamic player. Uh, I, I believe right now he's second on the program with 78 points. He's got 32 goals and he's committed to Boston college uh, next year. Very coachable, yeah. very coachable kid, Marco. He, I, I believe he's number three. Yeah. He's, he's number three on central scouting's North American list right now. It goes about six foot one seventy eight, right-handed D man. Uh, I'm sorry, right-handed center. Um, so he really wants to find ways to keep taking steps in his game. And he really, um, has since day one uh, with the program has that combination of offensive instincts. He, he just always sees the game and he sees space and knows, you know, how to create space for himself and others around him on the line he plays with uh, the players he plays with. It's just such a high level. And then you combine that with the stick skills, the elusiveness he has that's in his game. He's, he's a really hard player to defend. And because of that, uh, he's able to create a lot of space for not just himself, but, but teammates, which he's, he's got a great skill set. Uh, he's able to find those guys around him. And I think that's, what's putting, giving him, uh, you know, the space to create, to score goals. I mean, to score 32 goals this season, obviously a career high at the program after last year with, with the 17s. Um, you know, he, he's got that decent size. I think this is a player that's definitely going to go in that top 10 range. There's no doubt about it, Marco. I, I like what I've seen in Will Smith, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, there's there's been a few uh, places that actually have him in the top five. Um, so as yep. we kind of see that that fluctuate, I think we have our our top three, four kind of set. Um, you know, I think uh, Matvey Michkov recently has been uh, closing the the dialogue on him potentially not being a top five caliber prospect with his play with HC Sochi lately. Um, but we, you know, obviously there's the the KHL situation, but yep. There's another guy that is also getting top five consideration because of his out of this world play. And that's Zach Benson for the Winnipeg ice. And I feel like, you know, I, I watch a guy like that from the WHL plays with that, that pace, that speed, that IQ able to hurt you in, in any way, shape or way possible. And I just keep getting flashes of Braden point playing at the same age. And just, I don't know, like I, I, I am always careful because there was Seth Jarvis who was kind of like that as well uh, in 2020 yes. that I had, and he's, he's obviously going to be a fantastic player, but mm -hmm. you know, I also saw that Braden point kind of look to it, but I just find Zach Benson just to be completely and utterly fascinating because he's out playing two top 11 picks in last year's draft and Connor geeky and, and Matthew Savoy. What is your, what has been your take so far this year? Yeah, Benson's been been fantastic. Goes about 5'9", 160. He's number seven on the North American list by Central Scouting. Um, he's tied for third in the dub this year, right? Marco scoring 74 yeah. points. He's got 28 goals. He's got seven game winners, which tells you that the coaching staff wants him out there in critical situations. Um, and he's tied for second in the dub with five shorthanded goals. So he's able to get it done on special teams as well. And that's critical. That's critical. You know, coaching staffs, scouts look at that and they say, hmm, this is interesting. This is a player that 
is almost like a five tool type of guy where you can throw him out there in any situation and he's going to produce. He's going to scale your lineup. He can play in a top six role. He can play in a third line and some sort of checking role and he can get out there and PK and score shorthanded goals to boot. So um, NHL central scouting, although he's not big in stature, um, you know, when I was talking to some of the scouts there, he brings all the attributes uh, to be a complete player. He, he's bigger than he plays bigger than his size. Yeah. Excellent puck, uh, puck pursuit in all areas of the ice, uh, whether he's off, you know, forward or defense, whatever side he's playing the puck. So I like what I've seen in Zach Benson and the fact that he's keeping pace, you know, with those top top guys in the dub, which is a real, real strong league this year forward wise. Yeah. Um, it's quite impressive. No doubt about it. I think the WHL is, if, if we, if we, you know, give or take, is it possible for them to have 10 first round picks this year? Like it's yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that, that's true. It's it, it, the dub is just absolutely loaded. And this is, a, and this is a draft Marco. You probably see looking at the players and I know how you dive into the prospects as well. This is a draft that's top heavy with forwards and particularly centermen. So the dub, you look at the list, you go right down it as far as North American ranks with central it's loaded. The dub is loaded. So the scouts over there have been very busy this year. No doubt about it. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I've been, I've been having conversations with, with some folks that I see passing by the bell center. They're like, yeah, I can't even get a hold of my friends on the West because they're just at every game every day. Yeah. 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 No, um, it's, it's been crazy. It's been crazy. Yep. Well, I mean, you know, the, the, I, there's a few players I want to get to in the dub maybe later, but at the top, obviously we, we have Benson, we have Bedard. But there's one guy, Benson, we've, we've kind of known for a while. Like he was a standout last WHL playoffs. Yep. But one guy who's really kind of come out and just kind of stuck his his name in the conversation and is, I believe, either second or third before his injury was Andrew Cristal. And I find him to be an interesting riser because that's a guy that kind of came out of nowhere and just exploded offensively. Um, you know, and I... I one of the things that a lot of people have been saying is, well, you know, skating, um, maybe size is an issue, but every single time, and especially the WHL, which is traditionally a more physical league, if you can make it there, you can kind of theoretically make it anywhere. Yeah. I, I guess that's what I'm seeing from him. Yeah, no doubt. Dynamic skater is able to get it done. You know, Kelowna, Kelowna this year is right in the mix there. You know, he goes about five, nine ish, five, 10. He's about 170, uh, 167 to 170. Um, he's playing left wing over there in Kelowna right now. Uh, he's a left-handed shot, um, real fast, very smart on the ice, smart on his feet and what he's able to do. Um, you know, wasn't able, he, he was nicked up, wasn't able to attend the, uh, the CHL top prospects game, which was unfortunate, but, yeah. uh, this, this is a player that, uh, certainly from the range, I see him here. He he's ranked number 16 in central scouting's midterm ranks. I would imagine, and you're right on the mark there, Mark, I, I, I think it, he could go maybe a top 15, top 20 type of pick, depending on where these international players go as well. But Cristal is one of those guys that certainly is in the crosshairs of a lot of scouts, a lot of GMs, because he, again, he's one of those players that can, that can do a lot of things really well uh, on a line, making players better, able to generate offense when need be, and is able to, you know, make those dirty plays in the corners and, and, and get into the corners and, and do the mucking and the grinding that, uh, is necessary for a particular line to have any success. So uh, another player that you have to be patient with, we talked about patience yeah. and uh, oh, yeah. maybe another two, three years in major junior or whatever it may be for him before reaching the, the American league and then playing professional uh, in the NHL. 
but I like Crystal and what he's been able to showcase, no doubt about it. And then, um, you know, now moving kind of away from the WHL and back to, to the program, uh, there's two guys I want to talk about. Um, the other one is, is the other Massachusetts, uh, you know, alum in Ryan Leonard hmm. that, uh, you know, to me, I find you know, all eyes are on Will Smith. But Ryan Leonard, and we'll get to Oliver more in a second, but Ryan Leonard to me is, is a fascinating player because he doesn't necessarily have the power forward build, but man, does he make space for his, his teammates on the ice. That's hit the nail on the head right there, Mark. It, this is a powerful player. When I watch Ryan Leonard on the ice, it's just power, but he has some of that finesse as well and what he's able to do. 64 points, 34 goals this year and a lot of it is just mucking grinding looking for rebounds getting between the circles bottom of the circles doing some dirty work it's tied for the team lead with with nine power play goals so coaching staff has him out there uh you know on the man advantage he's he's one of those competitors you combine in there with that skill set um he's a guy that just kind of makes things happen for your club for your line um and i know a lot of times when i was watching some video of leonard playing against college uh, teams yeah. um, players are you know obviously players five years older and ushl games as well there are older players majority are older um, he can still go out there and be one of the more powerful players just as you mentioned uh, on the ice he plays a physical game but it's also just that power and the skating and his ability to separate and you combine that you know with a skill set and a shot which is very good he's been able to create a lot of that stuff on that you know off of that combination of attributes that are in his game so right wing plays with with the program goes about 511 190 so his great size he's number four in central scouting's midterm list so yes yes ryan leonard i like him this is another kid that could go top 10 good uh, it's a good year for the ntdp no doubt about it marco oh yeah i was i was actually talking to uh to the ntdp the other day because I'm, I'm trying to get these guys little by little yep. uh in interviews because I believe all three, we're going to get to Oliver Moore now. I believe yep. all three are top 10 talent. And yeah. Oliver Moore is probably the, like, I knew Ryan Leonard and I knew Will Smith, but I didn't know much about Oliver Moore, a uh, Minnesota native. And now he's kind of come up this year and I find him absolutely electric. It's just the skating, the shooting ability, just, I, it's such a rare combination, a rare mix. And the the, the ability to play center as, as a pure position, just a very intriguing prospect for me. Yep. I'm with you. I, I, you know, entering this season, Oliver Moore knew about him. He was one of those guys in the program that I knew, okay, I'll just need to see a little bit more of him before I kind of make an assessment, watch him on tape. I know I was going to Michigan to, to watch a few of the games there. And my first viewing um, in uh, November of, of Oliver Moore, I was like, are you kidding me? I, like at that point, at, at that time, I'm actually saying to myself, this kid might be, you know, neck and neck with Will Smith as far as who I want to draft out of the program. That's how highly I, I thought of Moore. And, you know, talking to the people over there, they're saying the same thing. Like, watch out for Oliver Moore. And you mentioned Minnesota native. He's going to the University of Minnesota. He's fourth in the program with 50 points, second on the team with five game winners. So, again, another player that's out there in clutch situations for the team. His ability to attack with speed makes him a scoring threat whenever he's on the ice. He can he can dictate, he can make plays at that high speed to gain an advantage and generate chances, and he has a real good scoring touch to finish. So, uh, you know, he's a centerman that drives the game with his speed. That's, that's his M.O. You know, get him on the ice, get him out there on the PP, you know, uh, 
Uh, this is a player that can skate really well. And despite going fast and being fast, when you watch him out there, he's able to think the game ahead of how fast he's going. So it looks flawless. It looks seamless with his teammates out there. So really like Oliver Moore, Mark, you're right on the money there. I did, again, I, I, I wanted to see him early in the season. Didn't know much about him, but I am a big fan of Oliver Moore. No doubt about it. I, my, my initial draft rankings didn't have Oliver Moore and Ryan Leonard in the top 10. It did have Will Smith. Uh, and the ones yep. we released last week or two weeks ago, rather have Smith six, Oliver Moore seven and Ryan <laughs> Leonard 10. Yep. So it just, it just goes to show you like the progression has been, has been interesting. And he, I really like the fact that he overwhelmed his opponents does uh, Oliver yep. Moore. It's just like, you know how defensemen will try to reverse and, and, and kind of backskate as a player comes into the opposition, trying to defend a guy like Oliver Moore, you're basically just better off turning around and skating forward backwards yeah. so that you could try to catch him because it's just, right. it's incredible how he can beat you on the outside, despite like he's not I, him too, not the necessarily the biggest guy, but size is not a problem with him because he combines good pro- protection with that speed. Yep. If you have, if you have that speed, you have the IQ, you can get it done on the ice. You can kind of learn those other things. And, and let me reiterate. So uh, the skating, the IQ, and the work ethic, the, the drive to want to yeah. win every shift, to want to win every time you're out there against your opponent. That's what that's what Oliver Moore has. He says he's still trying. When I spoke to him a few times, he says he's still trying to learn, uh, you know, wh- how to use his feet to maybe gain an advantage. When you watch, when you watch Connor Bedard, skate yeah. Connor Bedard is not north south he's not McDavid speed Connor Bedard is east is more east west he's catching defenders he's going one way and maybe the defender is going the other and then he takes off so it's more of an east west type style of Connor Bedard Oliver Moore is kind of that kind of that same way but he also has that north south speed that he's able to do when to use his feet and he's just trying to learn the little nuances of how to take advantage of that that's the one thing he says he's really working on this year it's obviously working for him because he's been playing he's been playing fantastically yep and then there's two last ones i want to get to because i i think we've we've done all the forwards almost at this point uh is one of them being dalibor Dvorsky. um you know dalibor is it's it's a little unfortunate because he is playing in hockey elzvenskin so it's kind of difficult to measure you know, like SHL, like we could turn around and just kind of be like, okay, you can compare him to other prospects, this and that. How have how have you seen? Because I enjoyed his W is uh, World Junior Championships, but you know what what do you make of him in terms of a of, of a projection? Yeah, and, and World Juniors, I thought he was great. Uh, you know, he 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 actually was disappointed in his play, but for for the minutes that he earned there and the role that he was playing. Um, I thought Dalibor really played well. He's a fast, quick forward, excellent offensive instincts, has great vision. Um, Usually he's an offensive threat on every shift. Excellent, smart puck handler, um, can pass and can shoot really well. Real, you know, has those soft, smooth hands, knows how to protect the puck in in traffic. Uh, And he is defensively responsible. It's it's a part of his game that he said he's really working on this year. Uh, even if, you know, there is room for more physical strength, he's surprisingly effective in battles and in, in, in those battle areas. And I saw that at World Juniors. There were several games, you know, I'm sitting, you know, with Chris Peters, does an excellent job as well. Yep. Shane Malloy, we're sitting together, we're watching Dalibor, and um, he, he just knows where to go on the ice, too, to make that play. to, to Good decision-making and IQ for a player. 
he's left-handed. Centerman, of course, 6-1, goes about 201, so he's got that great size. Um, and he's number four on the international side for, for central scouting. So a creative, solid, and in my mind, a reliable prospect. Marco, I think this is a player that could go mid-range, maybe in that Montreal area as well. And we all know it seems like the Canadians like those Slovakian-born players. So uh, maybe Dalibor Dvorsky, <laughs> maybe Dalibor is, is in the is, you know in their crosshairs. Uh, I interviewed Philip Meshar about a month ago, and he basically was campaigning so that the Canadians there you would go. select Dalibor. <laughs> so they want to reunite that Ivan Halinka line yes. or the Halinka Gretzky, sorry, line Halinka that Gretzky, uh, went yeah. roughshod last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, why not? It works so well. Uh, but one thing that that intrigues me about Dalibor is that there's an innate shooting quality in his game that I find is completely underrated because he's a younger player. He tends to be more of a pass first guy in tournaments that are that have like 18, 19, 20 year olds. Um, but you saw instances of him taking more of that shot. And, I, and, and that, you know, Philip Mesher actually brought this up. He's like, he's more of a shooter. Like what? He did nothing but pass. He's like, go, go watch. And yeah. I went back to watch some 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 of the games uh, in a hockey Alsvenskan and very strong shooter. Not something that came to my eyes at first, but maybe an underrated part of his game. Yeah, I think the coaching staff wants to see him shoot the puck more because he has such a great shot. I spoke to to Goran Stube, uh, the NHL director of European scouting, and he told me the same thing, Marco. So uh, obviously right on the mark there. It's it's it, it, he's a young player. He'll learn to do that. Sometimes it takes a little repetition. Um, and as you said, he's, he, you know, he's going to the junior league. Then he comes, you know, maybe comes up for maybe one or two games. So uh, in Sweden, so uh, it, it's just going to be paid. They have to be patient with him. He's got to just be, have that confidence. Once he gains that confidence to shoot the puck, um, then we might see a little bit of an explosion, but you know, let's face it to have, that in your that feather in your cap that you could shoot the puck and, and score goals, you know, whenever he does get that uh, that confidence going, it's something that's something that's going to be, you know, really, really well. That's going to work well for him because he's a playmaker now. But once he gets that shot going, it's going to be deadly. I mean, I think I, I think he's a pretty complete centerman. And and again, like you were talking, there's there's just so many available in this draft that picking in the top 15 once, let alone potentially twice. Uh, could be franchise changing at this point. And that, that's what a lot of Montreal Canadiens fans are, are excited about. Um, one of the last ones I wanted to get to was Colby Barlow because Colby Barlow looks like he's my age. Um, <laughs> just just like completely physically mature, full grown beard. Like the, and he plays like a man out there in, in a junior league. It just has great size, great shot, great awareness. Um you know, the only thing that I've I've seen of late has been maybe, you know, questions about his skating, but I don't necessarily think that's a problem for such a powerful guy. I think it's more of a stride fix than a, a lack of ability. No, I, I think you're right. And and you're right, right on the mark. I mean, this kid came in, we, you know, Adam, my colleague, Adam Kimmelman at NHL.com, we, we do a, a podcast, NHL draft class and uh, Barlow, Barlow came into to, to the room where we were going to do the podcast with him and I was like, is this Mr. Barlow? Is, is this, the, you know, Colby's father in the room with us? I mean, beard, uh, the mustache, uh, he sits down, you know. Oh, my God. It was like, holy smokes. But, yeah, you're, you're right on. I mean, this is a kid that goes about six foot. He's, he's 193, shoots left. He's number 10 in the midterm ranks in Central, but um, powerful skater, real difficult to knock off the puck, can beat defenders wide with that speed. 
um, can dangle when he needs to, uh, can, can break down players one-on-one in tight quarters, scored a goal in the CHL top prospects game when we were there, uh, got the assist from Braden Yeager. Oh, by the way, yeah. another dub player. Um, well, I was I was going to get to him last because he's 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 polar like he's very not not himself but bipolar in rankings and I want to I want to get to him yeah. later. Yeah, but I, I Bar- Barlow inte- really intelligent knows where to go and he has that strength. He just has that that strength about him. When you look, this is like he's got that physique about him, right, Marco? He's an NHL player. You could just see it. He just kind of oozes it when he when he's out on the ice and and even during interviews and 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 when he's talking to you and what he wants to improve upon and what he's really good at. So really highly versatile and a, and a big asset on both special special teams units as well. Uh, and what he's doing in Owen sound. So um, could be a big year, a big playoff for, for, for Barlow too. It's going to be interesting to see how things go for, for Owen sound this year. So, um, but yeah, I, I like Barlow and this is, this, again, this is another kid that's going to go first round and whichever team does have the benefit to get him. Let him sit maybe for a year, two years before bringing him back. And and I think this is going to be maybe like a, a Mason McTavish type of player, no doubt. I mean, yeah. And that's kind of the thing is that, you know, a lot of people have been kind of, con, you know, looking at what kind of player he could be because Barlow has the, he has the shooting mechanics, but it, it really is kind of the skating and, and the, the, the creation of offense that's not generated simply by a shot. Uh, and, you know, a lot of those concerns have little little by little been mitigated because he's become more of a complete player with Owen Sound as of late, uh, playing with Montreal Canadiens prospect, in mm-hmm. fact, Cedric Gaindol. And the two have really good chemistry. And now Gaindol is starting to benefit more in terms of a goal-scoring spree from playing with Barlow. So I think we are kind of seeing his diversification becoming more of a dual-threat player. Yeah, no doubt. And, and the thing I like about Barlow, too, he, he kind of oozes, like, leadership, right? He, he's a team yeah. leader. And he's a captain. Like I said, he plays that physical style, has a bit of an edge, um, and, and he's an elite goal scorer. And yeah, any player that's playing with Colby Barlow is going to benefit from that fact. And and again, it's uh, an elite goal scorer. He's not going to be intimidated by opponents or physical play. Um, so he, he's right there and one of those players that you definitely want on your roster and, and in your development prospect pool um for the future no doubt and then you know Braden Yeager is someone that last year this time everybody was like that that's a top 10 pick for sure that's in fact some people had him in the top five and he had a really strong uh Halinka Gretzky tournament as well for Canada but just hasn't been able to get those numbers to where you'd expect uh, him to be uh with the Moose Jaw Warriors I mean you know, uh, Jagger Furkis, Denton Matejchuk have been doing pretty well, but haven't seen that kind of separation from Brayden Yeager up until now. And I think that that's the thing is like, is this second half of the season maybe going to change things a little bit for him? Because I was left wanting more in my viewings of him so far this season. Yeah, you're you're right. In, in certain ways there, Marco, I, you know, one of the things, and by the way, Braden Yeager does a, a draft diary for us on HL.com. I, you yeah. know, you check that out. It's, it's awesome. Once a month he checks in and, and does a diary, which is great. But um, the thing about Yeager too, and what he told me prior to the season, you know, it, there was some pressure on him, obviously coming in after earning 22 CHL rookie of the year. Um, expectations were pretty high on what we would expect this year from him, the big centerman. 
Um, but he said entering this year, one of his goals was, you know, yes, he's a goal scorer. He could put him in the net and he is struggling uh, scoring goals this year. Uh, but he also wanted to improve his playmaking ability. That was one thing that he told me that he wanted to do. And he has been doing that despite the fact that he yeah. hasn't been maybe scoring uh, as many goals, Marco, he is still got, generating some points and generating, generating offense. And when I spoke to him actually last week um, about that fact that the goals haven't been coming maybe as often as he uh, would want, he says he still, he still feels as though he's generating offense. And, and obviously he's playing along some, some real nice players there um, over in Moose Jaw. But um, I, I don't, yeah, you'd like to see a little bit more, Look, playoffs are upcoming. It looks like Moose Jaw is going to be in for sure. Oh, yeah. uh, let's 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 see let's see how Braden kind of can, can maybe take over some games here in the playoffs. Uh, you know, he's experienced it. Um, what he needs to do to generate, you know, he's wearing a letter for Moose Jaw this year. So obviously, in the room, he's got that leadership mentality, that ability. So that's something they also have to rely upon. So. Let's see when the playoffs, these games get a little tighter. Um, there's a little bit more stake uh, heading down the stretch here. Let's see how he picks it up. I, I'm not too concerned right now with the goal scoring, just because of the fact that Braden did say uh, prior to the season, before, before everything started, was, you know, I want to do, I do want to become a, a playmaker as well as a goal scorer, because I think that would benefit me in the long run. And, I mean, and again, I think that's what I was saying. Like recently we've kind of seen more, I would say of an upward swing in his offensive uh, production and also his play. So I'm really interested to see him down the stretch because when I was doing interviews last year for 2022, you know, I spoke to both Jager Ferkus and Denton Matejcik and both of them couldn't stop ranting and raving about Jager. So <laughs> it's like, it's it's high praise and and even the coaching staff is just like watch out for this kid uh just very cerebral very intelligent so when it comes to the point where you're kind of trying to piece together a top 15 like we just mentioned forwards and and, and i think that's the the, the last thing i, I want to get to is you know you mentioned it's a very top heavy forward a uh, top heavy forward draft there are two <laughs> potentially three defensemen um and one that's actually picking up a lot of steam out in Russia and Dmitry uh, Simashev, uh, that I, I feel like that that's a conversation in and of itself. But when you look at, for example, uh, uh, Rasmus Sandin Pelika, um, or sorry, well, Axel, Axel Sandin yep. Pelika, Rasmus Sandin, here we go. Yes, yeah. um, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, juxtapose maybe David Reinbacher. You know, like those are right now what we're seeing is to be the two front running defensemen in this class. There may be some movement up towards the uh, the top 10 as we get closer to the draft. I mean, last year, Kevin Korshinsky and Pavel Mintyukov vaulted themselves into the top 10 when most people didn't have them there. Uh, so we could still see it. But right now, are those the two top guys on the defensive end for you? I, I think so, Mark. I think you're right on the mark there. I, you know, I really liked what I saw in Axel Sandin, Pelika. Uh, Pelica um, World Juniors. Um, he he's been one of the biggest risers in yeah. the draft class so far. Strong, impressive puck moving ability, the mobility with and without it. Um, uh, he had two, three, and I think five points in twenty-two games with Schlefta, uh in, in the SHL. Uh, had fourteen, fourteen, and twenty-eight points in twenty-two games with the junior team over in the National. Um, he's you know he he. He's the type of player that um, has might be a little smaller in stature, 
but he's a, again, he's a, he's a guy that's been working on his game, much like, you know, uh, when we were talking earlier, um, uh, about, uh, defenseman for Montreal there, um, Lane Hudson. Lane Hudson. The, the same, I was sim- I was gonna make the comparison a right-handed shot. Lane Hudson, yeah. perhaps. It's a it's a similar type of situation there. Um, Scalafia defense coach Pierre Johnson um, had had plenty of time to work with Sandine Pellick uh, and said, you know, he's shown a, a real big improvement since the start of the season. Um, by the way, Johnson also served as an assistant coach for Sweden at the World Juniors, so. I had a chance to talk to him, which was fantastic. And he said after every practice, they have Axel doing one-on-one drills in the corners. Offensively, everyone can see that he's smooth at the blue line, has the that good stick ability and what he's able to produce. So he's he's the type of player that's that is developing every day. Offensive-minded defenseman, but he wants to become a defensive player as well. And, you know, when I asked him about which players he looks looks to – it was kind of the obvious choices the Quinn yeah. Hughes, the Kale McCars, um, th- those type of players. Uh, but he's a competitive two-way guy. He plays bigger than he is. Uh, again, another player that will, you know, will hit you in the corner. He's not afraid to do some of the rough stuff. Very good attitude uh, and work ethic. Uh, and the funny thing is, I, I recently wrote a story uh, about Axel, and he he began as far as sports go as as a as a cross country skier, because that's what his, what his father used to do. And it was actually his grandfather that bought him a little hockey kit. Uh, one Christmas, I think he might've been like seven or eight years old at the time. So he got some skates and some pads and went out on the ice. And then he turned into a hockey player. I had to sit down with that and said, I'm no longer going to be a cross country skier. So I think, he, oh boy. I think he made the right decision, which was kind of cool. So, <laughs> yeah, we kind of had the same, uh, we kind of had the same thing here with Vincent's roar, uh, having to choose between hockey and tennis. And, oh my uh, God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and you know, famous father playing tennis and you're just like, I'm going to be a hockey player. Yeah. <laughs> takes so, uh, you know, watching Sandin Pelica, you know, he, he wound up being the most used defenseman for Sweden at the world junior championships. Yep. That's saying something at, you know, draft eligible player. Like I came in watching Sweden, trying to look at Leo Carlson, maybe getting more of a peek at Adam Engstrom for the Montreal Canadians, but came away really impressed with the way that he just transitioned the puck. And then, when you look at the advanced numbers from that tournament after the fact, you realize that he's in the top percentile when it comes to moving the puck out of the zone, getting the puck in the offensive zone and retaining possession in the offensive zone, just a prototypical power play quarterback as well. I, you know, if he can shore up his game, you, do you see a guy that's potentially, you know, we, top four defenseman is generally safe, but is this a guy that could potentially give you more than simply just a top four role? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, with the proper development, and again, this is a guy that's going to have to uh, marinate and mature in, in, in you know Sweden for a couple of years. Um, he's going to have to put on some weight, and he knows that. Uh, Axel told me that at World Juniors that, that these are the things that he knows are, are going to have to happen. But the coaching staff loves what they see in him, uh, not only in the at World Juniors but in the SHL um, as well. He'll have to learn uh, to earn his role on any team. He get you know he plays for, but I think that's something that'll come to him naturally because he has the skill, he has the IQ. Obviously, a player of that size, you have to have the smarts and intelligence to know where yeah. to go in the ice, where to go to the corners uh, along the point. But this is you know despite the the five eleven you know, and here we are talking about a five eleven about one hundred and seventy five seventy six pound player. It it's really not that small, but 
for a def- for a defenseman, sometimes you say, yeah, it's you know the, the way defensemen are today. You, you want them bigger, you want them stronger. So, but but, but Axel is there, and he's going to be a um, a quarterback. I, I would imagine a quarterback, NHL quarterback uh, on a power play. Uh, he'll play that role. He'll fit that role. Such a such a an exceptional skater to watch. He can fly with the puck on his stick. Doesn't have to think. Knows where to go. So. Yeah, Mark, I, I like Axel. I think right now for me, and he's number three on the international side of yep. Central Scouting's rankings. For me right now, I, I think I do have Axel as my, you know, the, the defenseman that probably would go first off the board if there was one to go. Yeah, and I'm, you know, a lot of people have him kind of hovering in that top 10 nowadays because you yep. just, you know, the progression has been so exceptional. But I wouldn't be surprised if we saw uh, Maurice Sider like grab at him in the uh, five, six, seven range, just simply because yeah. of yeah. the lack of defensemen in that range. You know, we were going to, we, there's also David Reinbacher. Yep. Um, uh, I, there's also a defense. I, I will never get his name right. So please correct me if I'm wrong, but a defenseman in the WHL, Lucas uh, Dragosevich. Dragosevich. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I got it. Hey. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, you know, there's, there's been intrigue in there. Um, you know, there's, there's, uh, Guliaev as well on the Russian side, Simashev that we've been talking about. So not necessarily the most deep, uh, in terms of defensemen, but from a forward perspective, you know, and I don't necessarily like to compare draft years, you know, juxtaposed to each other. But what I would say is, is it fair to say that the quality that you're getting within the first 20, say this year is a notch above what we've seen in, in, in the last years, even two. I, I would say so. I would say so. It's, it's, uh, um, you know, like, like we mentioned that there, there's, there's a, there's a many impact players on, on the NTTP this year. We've seen a ton of prospects coming from the, from the Western hockey league, uh, or that could go from the Western hockey league. Um, you know, and, and, and then internationally um, as well. And, and you mentioned David Reinbacker, too, is one of those right-handed D guys, 6'2", 185. He's number 10 on Central's list. Uh, that size, mobility, he projects uh, to the next level. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you, you you will see a notch above, particularly in this first round. I think there could be teams looking to, you know, get themselves into position to draft, maybe get another pick in the first round if they could, if they can. Um, you know, despite the fact that you have a, a, you know, a Connor Bedard and an Adam Fantilli, which looks to be one, two at this stage of the season. Um, there's a lot of other talented players here, Marco, that I think could benefit a team down the road and could have an impact in either, you know, a top nine or top three or four role defensively. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see what teams are going to do with the trade deadline. If they're willing to part with, with, with picks in this in this particular draft and you know 24 as well i'm hearing is going to be a real good one as well so yeah um, yeah yeah so it's uh two drafts upcoming that are going to be real exciting and some real good talented players and i to answer your question yes i think i think this year's draft will top the one we saw in in 2022 and 21 as far as first round talent goes and then, you know, we've we talked about it a little bit, but I think I want to get it a little bit more precise because there is this growing anxiety amongst Montreal Canadiens fans that moving away from being in striking distance of a lottery win from Connor, uh, for, for Connor Bedard, you know, it's kind of seen as like the sky falling. But mm-hmm. the other thing that, you know, that we keep talking about is, you know, maybe that kind of fear is based off 
looking back in hindsight at other drafts and seeing the drop off in talent after say four or five, six, seven in a draft, this is the kind of year where you can rest easy knowing that the consolation prizes that await you should you not win a lottery are going to be far more valuable valuable than before. Yeah, no doubt about it. I it's it's wherever you're wherever you're picking it. Obviously, you know you want as high as you can get, but it, wherever yeah. you're picking, and even in the second round, there's there's going to be players to be had. There's going to be goaltenders that could be groomed, that can yep. grow uh, in your system and develop into some fine quality goaltenders. Al Jensen, uh, the goalie guru there at Central, has told me that he's real excited about what's upcoming. Um, in this draft class as far as goalies are concerned. But look, Montreal is still looking to build for the future, right? Um, they can't expect to, to flip the switch in, in one off season and, be, and become contenders. It, this, is, this is going to be you know, a process that's going to take some patience. Uh, and they did a lot of that last season with what they were able to acquire, not only in, uh, in, through trades and what Ken, uh, Ken Hughes was able to do, but um, in the draft. And I think this is going to be a draft that's very similar in that regard, where if you're able to get some players, get them in your pipeline, look, maybe you'll, maybe they'll have a significant impact on your club three, four years down the road, Marco, but also you use those picks as equity too, to bring in some players when you see your team is already starting to develop and maybe moving or shifting in a direction that you want to see it go. I think the New Jersey Devils, and we've spoken about this, is a prime example of that, right? Um, you, you draft well, um, not only in the first round like the Devils did with Nico Hishier and, and Jack Hughes, two obvious choices, but getting picks late later in the draft uh, that have now come to fruition and have really paid off and the Jes- Jesper Bratz of the world and and those players. And then and then you kind of solidify that with free, through free agency and some trades uh, that Fitzy has done. So um, I think you know Devils are a good example of that this year. I think Montreal's in that game, uh, in that ballpark and where they want to go where they want to be maybe two, three years from now. Yeah. And, you know, that's definitely something I've been saying, and, you know, Kent Hughes has spoken about wanting to add a third first round pick on top of their own. And Florida is just pointing to how much he likes this draft class. It's a class that he knows pretty well, uh, having coached Will Smith directly Hmm. and having been around Ryan Leonard for so long. That's why I like those two for the Montreal Canadiens, just because the familiarity aspect. Um, But I guess the, the kind of the last thing, Montreal's biggest organizational weakness is goaltending. And I, I like the fact that you brought it up right at the end. Um, are these, these are, you spoke about potential goaltenders being available in the second round. This is a far stronger draft for goaltending this year than we've seen in the last couple, right? Like I'm already like Michael Crabble in the, in the USHL has been doing yeah. well. Um, I believe there's um, also a couple in the dub that have been doing well, uh, Magnuson, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, Magnuson. Yes, yes. There you go. So it's yeah, there's a couple of guys that are starting to like come up, and obviously Trey Augustine was great for 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 the U.S. at the the, the World Junior yeah. Championships. So there's a couple of guys in that like late first, early second, and into and tailing into the second round that, that could be of interest as well. Yeah, uh, Carson Bjornsson, uh from Brandon in the Dub, six three one eighty six. He's number one on on Central's. North American goalie list right now. Uh, everyone likes what he's been able to, to showcase. You mentioned Rabble uh, from Omaha in the United States Hockey League. Trey Augustine, I thought had a real nice World Juniors, um, is rated highly, number three on, on Central's ranks as far as North Americans go. Um, you know, had a kind of a clunker there against Sweden 
Um, but the fact that, you know, a 17-year-old goalie was the starting goalie uh, in the yeah. World Junior says a lot, particularly, you know, when your GM is named John Van Beesbrook and, and to have, you know, that feather in your cap and what Trey was able to do. And there's no doubt that Trey will be in the running to be, to be the starter again uh, in the 24 World Juniors for the United States as well. How about Adam Gayen, right, from Chippewa in the North American Hockey League was you know, moved to Green Bay in the United States hockey. What a story for Slovakia. Another Slovakia player. Holy smokes. I know. They're coming. <laughs> but it's incredible the amount of Czech and Slovak players that are going into the, the American pipeline system. You know, yeah. Canadians have a prospect, uh, Jakob Dobish, that did exactly the same thing. Yep, absolutely. But yeah, just a quick one on Gay and, and, and uh, Mark. I, I, you saw it. I mean, what he was able to do to beat the United States, and he just took the Canadians to the limit. I mean, it was just the very end there. And um, he opened a lot of eyes when I spoke to some scouts, um, at world juniors towards the latter stages of that tournament, they said that th this kid is now on our radar because of what he was able to do. So Gain just catapulted himself, wasn't even part of the, the Slovakian team to start the tournament. Uh, and then he gets the, the late call and he, and he comes up and does what he does. So, um, it was nice to see the goaltending really stand out at world juniors this year. I thought, cause usually this is a tournament where you're getting shelled, right? You're usually seeing mm -hmm. the five, four, six, three, seven, five games. But this year, the goaltending was really good for all the power countries and in particular, Montreal and Melich and another undrafted kid that who knows, maybe he goes uh six, seventh round, uh, uh, this season. So a lot of good goalies that maybe made a name for themselves and good for them because uh, maybe it uh, catapulted them into a position where they can get drafted and work their way into, uh, you know, into a professional lineup uh, at some point in their careers. Yeah. Well, I think it's what led to so many upsets in that tournament. It was just yes. like day after day, upset after upset after upset. So, I mean, that's what you want guys coming into that tournament, stepping up and, and really taking their game off. And a lot of players have actually, use that tournament to step their game up. I mean, heck, I didn't think Connor Bedard can get any better in the dub and he's at three <laughs> points per game since coming back from the world juniors. So we'll, we'll just let that generational talent go for a little bit, but um, <laughs> look, I, I think I've taken up uh, a lot of your time. We've, we've basically done the full, uh, the full first half of the the first round together. Um, I look forward to being able to, to do this again, probably closer to the draft when we have kind of a better idea of what things are looking at. But it is going to be encouraging to Montreal Canadiens fans with potentially two shots in the top 15 uh, that yeah. uh, there are most definitely going to be some quality forward prospects available. It'll be great, Marco, down the stretch. I'm really looking forward to the second half. I'm, I'm heading out. I'm going to do a dub trip soon, and I'm going to, uh, you know, I, I cannot not do a dub trip and not go to Regina just to watch Connor Bedard one more time. People say, hey, you know where Bedard is in the rankings. I don't care. Uh, just to go see him is a treat. So, yes, on the dub trip, I am going to Regina for one more stop. And and obviously, uh, you know, Central Scouting's final rankings coming up in April. I'm a, I'm a fly on a wall for that. So I'm looking forward to that. And I know you love doing the prospects and, and watching these kids. So so down the stretch, whenever you want me on uh, again, that'll be great. I, I would look forward to that. No doubt about it. Well, I thank you very much for taking the time today, man. And I wish you all the best. Looking forward to seeing what you guys pump out for us leading closer to the draft. Thanks, Marco. Enjoy the hockey, buddy.